It's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas, Register today at thisisils.org. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. What is up and... Welcome back to the latest for eight men podcast. That was our first take. And that I'm, was really good. You, you you doubted that. No, I didn't doubt it. I just didn't give it my all in practice. And then I knew I had more in the tank. Yeah. Well, uh, if you're just listening, my lovely wife, Sadie, is joining us again because our awesome team here had this idea of, um, you know, they say that they love it when I uh, answer some of y'all's questions. Um on DMs, and I love it as well because I think it's really fun and interactive. But they threw out the idea of uh, maybe Sadie picking out the questions and her asking me them oh. more of an interview style format, which I appreciate. So uh, I'm excited for um, yeah what you picked out. And this is also uh, from when we're filming this, Sadie's 18 days away from having her next baby. So you, um, you are being blessed with some of the latest or some of the last footage of us being uh, single parents. Single parents? You mean that like the word? a parent with one child? Maybe. Yeah, sing, yeah a parent. I don't, I, don't, I don't really know what the right word would be, but yeah. A pa- yeah pa- parents to one kid. Yes. And I will say, if you're watching this on YouTube, sorry, I'm already moving a thousand times because I'm nine months pregnant and, you know, there's that. Most of you listening are men, so you might not understand that, but if you have wives, you get it. So um, I'm honored to interview you, Christian. Thanks for asking me to interview you. You are welcome. Um, so I got the honor of going through the DMs that y'all sent in and picking out some that I can ask Christian. And I think that these are great questions. I might chime in on, on a few. But this first one, we'll start easy, okay? Okay, we're going to start easy. What's your biggest pet peeve that each other does? Oh, gosh. <laughs> So this is like an interactive question. Yeah. Okay. So I, I, so I'm picking out your biggest pet peeve. No, no, no. Like what? What, my what bothers pe- you that I do? Okay. And then I'll say what bothers me that you do. Honestly. It actually just asks what's your biggest pet peeve, but I wanted to make it personal. Well, can I answer both of those questions? Yeah. Okay, Han. I'm 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 so confused. If I answer what my biggest pet peeve is, then I'm kind of answering the question for you, though, right? No. Like, what's your biggest pet peeve? Okay, yeah. Just okay. Say what your My biggest pet peeve is inefficiency and people that drive slow in the left lane. Okay, those are good. Now, what is your biggest pet peeve that I do? Like, what's something that I do that just bothers you? Whenever you drive. My driving? No, 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 no. I didn't get to finish it. No. So, Sadie will have like 20 unread text messages. And for some reason, 
The moment you get in the car. Not want, while I'm driving, though. No, 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 no. Not while. No, okay. Let's say we're in the garage. It's when I get in the garage. Let's get. We're in the, let's say we're in the garage and Sadie goes to get in the car to drive. She starts texting people back as she, as she turns the car on. That's so like we'll, my time that I would think to respond to people. Like, so, I sit down in the car, I turn the car on, then I start responding. And I'm and like, why am I not? Crazy. I was like, I was like, please just let me drive if you want to do that. Or we get somewhere and we park and then before fixing to go into a restaurant, then you text people back again. And I'm like, well, here's the thing. If I just drove and you were in the passenger seat, you could have texted all these people back the whole time. Well, that I, I never said you couldn't have driven. Yeah, but you like to drive. I do like to drive. That is valid. So... My inefficiency is also your pet, pet peeve when That's I get true. in the car. But for the record, I'm not texting while I'm driving. I'm texting before I drive, which is also annoying. My biggest pet peeve, um, what is my biggest pet peeve? I don't really know in general, but I know my biggest pet peeve. <laughs> I love how you just changed the whole question. I know. I thought it was more fun that way. Um, my biggest pet peeve is your... Um, Okay, like your noises that you make, like your smacking and your throat clearing and loogie hockey hacking, whatever. That's just just every male. I know, but then maybe that's my generic pet peeve as well. It just is a thing. Okay, so that's it. And then in general, um, negativity. I don't like like... You're talking about me or just... No, in general, like just people. Like I don't like when people are overly negative. Like why? Why don't we just not be negative? So you're, right, you're a big glass uh, half full kind of person. Yeah, I am. But I'm also like practical, but I'm like, like you can be practical and not negative. That's you know, true. that's a word. That's a word. Someone write that down. Well, that's good. Okay. Sorry. Plug in my podcast. Plug in my podcast. Okay. It's an opportunity, man. Oh my God. Okay. This is a great question that you're going to crush um, because you've lived it. So someone asked, um, my biggest question for college is when it comes to finding good people, how do you find good people to surround yourself with? I'm going to be a freshman at Auburn, War Eagle, War next Eagle. year. So uh, how do you surround yourself with good people? Okay, cool. College? <clears throat> you kind of just ended that abruptly, um, which is... I was which, just reading his <laughs> message. <laughs> I know, I appreciate it. Um, well, yeah, like I said, first off, War Eagle. Um, I mean, it sounds super basic and just very generic you know i think i mean getting plugged into church i think is by far the biggest thing i think finding people um your age i I went to church at acc in auburn i cannot recommend it more um and there's so many small groups that you can be a part of there's so many um like things that you can do there and ways that you can serve and people that you can befriend um and because i I don't know percentage wise but it's like 75 percent college students i would say but okay not specific to auburn because most people who are listening to this don't go to auburn okay yeah yeah you're right that's that's true (laughs) but but he was asking me about auburn okay i think okay well i'm just saying generically if i'm a freshman entering college i think like yes you could join a fraternity you could join a sorority you could do um you know there's different organizations that you could serve at at school but for me finding the best community i found in church and um like that does not mean that there were not good people in my fraternity. That there were not good people that I met in my classes, but people that I still, you know, am, uh, people that I'm, I'm still friends with now, people that were in my wedding and that I still talk to on a daily basis were guys that I met in church and that we did community together. You know, it wasn't just once a 
it wasn't just in the classroom, you know, one time a day. It was uh, Bible studies together and prayer nights together and um, just actually doing life together. So for me, it was getting plugged into church and surrounding myself with people that were wanting to pursue the same things. And um, like I said, that also just didn't stop at church. That looked like uh, we had a Bible study together. We had uh, community. We did community stuff together. I went through books together. We threw, yeah, we went through books together. We went through um you know, Bible study series together. We did so many things revolving around our faith that really helped build a strong relationship. And I had other friendships outside of people in church, but they were not near as strong and as solid and, you know, as long lasting as yeah. my ones have been that I've uh, through church. It's good. So I would say any freshman or any people, any, you know, whatever age you're in, wherever you're at, I think getting plugged into church is uh, the biggest thing that you can do and just, taking those relationships seriously. Yeah. I mean, if you're wanting faith-based friends, the best place to find faith-based friends is people who are going to church who are pursuing faith-based things. And so I think ultimately it comes down to surrounding yourself with people who are pursuing Jesus. And what better place to find those people than at church? So great advice. Um, next question, how can we pursue our passions while still pursuing God? Mm, that is good. Hmm. That's a good question. Well, I think I, th- I think it's I think it's many things. You know, I think it's cool and encouraging that the most of the passions that we have, it's what God's put in us, right? Mm-hmm. Like things that we enjoy, whether it's through you know athletic stuff or through uh, music or through whatever. Like God's put stuff in us that we're passionate about and that we love and that we enjoy you know you most of the time we're not going to want to go be involved in something that we're not passionate about yeah and i think it's cool that you know you can either view your passion as something that you're good at or something that you enjoy or you can you know want to glorify god in it so for Mm -hmm. me i really love fitness and but if it stopped at just me loving fitness then it would just be you know, me wanting to look good and, and, and that be it. But if I'm if I'm pursuing God and my passion, like while I'm doing something I'm passionate about, I'm also wondering how can I glorify him in it? And yeah. I'm also wondering how is this benefiting any part of me spiritually? It's good. Like for instance, like I love rec league basketball, but at times like rec league basketball gets the best of me. It does. Like people like it does get the best. It of does. It. Like this the other night, like this guy was saying some stuff and it just drove me crazy. And um I was just so frustrated. But after the game, I'm like, I love basketball. But now I'm like next year, I'm like, I don't even want to play basketball next year. Cause I'm like, this be all these people just just want to just talk crap to me. And it really bothers me. But all that to say, I cannot let it get get to me. But it, it is a cool like learning lesson of yeah. like I do feel like like <clears throat> You know, if I'm passionate about this, what is God trying to teach me in this? Like, is it a temper thing? Is it like a patience thing? Is it, um, you know, don't take myself so seriously. Yeah. I think there's, but if it's just my passion, or I love playing basketball, but how can I glorify God in this? And is that, you know, that might not, that might look like not talking smack back to the other person or holding my tongue or, you know, not getting so wrapped up in, in, in whatever it might be. So I think just whatever you're passionate about, you know, I think you just got to ask your question of how can I glorify God in it? And does this actually bring God glory? So if you do something that, you know, just brings glory to yourself and that you you're, it's always just inward focusing, then I think how can you broaden that out to, 
um, you know, bring other people in with it? Like, what do you, like, what passion are you doing that you can encourage other people in and bring the gospel in? Yeah. Even the gym, like, I- it's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas. Register today at thisisils.org. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. I love working out, but if I'm not talking about my faith to other people in the gym, then I think that passion is just stopping at its passion. Mm -hmm. And I think it's not allowing uh other things to to be involved in it yeah i think like um one of my favorite messages of all time is louis giglio passion purpose and designer jeans Mm -hmm. and i think what you're saying is like your passion needs to have a purpose to it you know but all passions do a purpose to it because god gave you those passions and so there's something in that that you can use to bring him glory there's something that that you can use to show his image to the world and my dad's talked to y'all you and the other guys about just your ministry on the court because you know your ministry doesn't stop you're a reflection of god where you wherever you go and so you know if you're playing basketball and you're out there and you're talking smack looking just like them not looking set apart doing the whole thing it's like what are you doing like Mm-hmm. You, you know this is your ministry this is your witness like it doesn't stop just because you're playing basketball like all of your passions all of your desires all of who you are is meant to reflect the glory of God and so all passions have purpose and I love Louie in that message talks about that verse whatever you do do it as if you're working for the Lord and not for man mm-hmm. and he goes on to say you know I love that word, whatever, like whatever you do, Mm -hmm. do it as if you're working for the Lord. So that's whether you're literally doing ministry and you're working at church or you are um, working at Chick-fil-A or you are a nurse or you're a coach or whatever you are, like whatever you do, whatever your passions are, whatever you're gifted in, whatever your job title is, do it as if you're working for the Lord, do it to bring him glory. Colossians 3.23. And so... Yes, bring some purpose into your passion and know that it's there. Okay, this is fun. Someone asked when our book is coming out, which I don't Ooh. know if you've talked about on the podcast yet. So I actually, I actually have not talked I'm going to further this question because okay. a lot of people don't even know we have a book coming out. I don't even know if we're supposed to announce that we have a book coming out, but, but we do. to the 4A men, guys out there, we'll go ahead and tell you we do have a book coming out. We do. Um, but I want to ask you, because that was something you'd never done before. I'd written before, I've written books and mm-hmm. shared my life with the world and my vulnerabilities. And it can be hard and it can be daunting because you're like, oh my gosh, like this is, you're writing a, a lot of what's like the worst of you to mm-hmm. try to bring out the best of other people, right? And That's that can be um, humbling experience. Yeah. And so what was that like for you writing and just being open and honest about your struggles as as a guy? Yeah, that's good. I honestly think, I think the like having a podcast has honestly prepped me a lot for that. 
just from the standpoint of like talking about stuff, you know, and I do think it's different talking about it like to a camera or to a co-author or writing a book in it, like not seeing people's faces with stuff. I think I, I think it's a different element, but I think having a podcast where I'm I freely talk about struggles with past, present, whatever, like mm-hmm. things that I've been through. So I think even just that process mm-hmm. kind of opened a lot of freedom in the book to be like, yeah, like. I can do some stupid stuff, but like, you know, how do I learn from that? And how do I not like, but how do I not stay in it? Right. Like, yeah. How do I acknowledge like when I'm being stupid and how do I learn from it? And how can I also call people out of it? Yeah. Um, because I mean, I think, I think sometimes we can just get so wrapped up in like thinking that we're the only ones that do stuff like this or, that's unrelatable. I mean, even at the beginning of the podcast, me talking about inefficiency and like people driving slow in the left lane. Like most people have these little things that irritate them, mm-hmm. right? Like that is relatable. And what, whatever that might be, whether it's an annoyance thing or a passion thing, I think, um, you know, us being vulnerable with stuff that we've gone through and whether it was good, bad, or ugly, um, just exposing that and just. Mm-hmm you know, talking about what we've learned from it, what we would have done better, what we should, what we feel like we wish we would have done better um, and how we could have, you know, maybe changed it. And then whatever the outcome was, here's uh, how we wish it was different or here's what we wish we, you know, whatever. I feel like I'm kind of just repeating myself. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think, you know, I think, I think always just being, transparent and vulnerable i think it's just going to relate to people yeah and um because i also don't want us ever to be like you know people see us or whatever and it's like oh they don't know mundane things that people go through it's like no we go through Mm -hmm. all the same stuff you know like we struggle with the same stuff everyone else struggles with we have the same frustrations the same excitements as everyone else like yeah and we most yeah. of the time have this similar reactions to the rest of the world. So here's how here's our faults to it and hope it's relatable and hope you guys can learn from it. Yeah. It's like what I told you um, whenever we were writing vulnerable stuff and at first it can be like, oh, like this makes me look bad or whatever. Whenever it's your testimony, you know, mm-hmm. um, it really isn't about you, right? It's about what God's done through you. And so people can always learn from that. And I'll always say, you know, when I first started writing or sharing, I would be like, oh my gosh, everyone's gonna know this about me. But what I realized is like, people aren't reading my books or listening to my podcast or watching my YouTube channel and going, Sadie goes through that. They're going, I'm going through that. Yeah. Like they're, you're not thinking about that person. You're thinking about yourself and not a bad way, but you're thinking about like how, if God could do that in her life, how can God do that in my life? If that's how she sought the Lord, how can I seek the Lord? Yeah. And so even for an encouragement to all you out there who have stories of, you know, maybe some embarrassing things of your past, things that you're ashamed of, man, that's your testimony. If, you, if you're if you open enough to sharing what God's done in your life, people aren't going to look at you and go, oh, I can't believe you did that. They're going to go, thank you for sharing that because I'm in the same boat and I didn't know how to get out. And so I think that's the hope with the book. Um, the book comes out in October and we're excited about it. It's a 90-day devotional book. So you can do it by yourself or with your girlfriend or with your wife. Um, it's really for whether you're single, your dating, engaged, or married. It's for all people. This can be the book that you go through with your Bible study. Yes, it should be. That's a good idea. Thank you. 
All right. Um, this is a good question. I thought this was um, just cool that someone even asked you this because um, as someone married to you, I'm grateful that you are such a great man of God. But they said, what advice do you have or have you gotten on being or becoming a man of God? That's good. I think a lot of it kind of ties back into what I just kind of talked about of just vulnerability. And I think authenticity is such a big one. And I think the thing that I love working towards that that I'm not perfect in, and I don't think anybody's perfect in, but that's not me making an excuse for myself, but uh, humility. I think that, you know, being a man of God, and you know, I always just love referring to David being a man after God's own heart. I think so much humility is involved in that. Mm-hmm. And so much, well, one, like I said, I think authenticity um, of just being authentically who you are, you know. I think um, there's vulnerability in that of, here's where I've been, here's where, um, you know, here's what God's teaching me, here's what I'm struggling with. Um, next, Y, and Z, and having humility to hear those things mm-hmm. and also to be willing to, um, you know, want to make a change in that. I think if we want to be men after God, I think we actually, I think we have to seek God and hear from him. And I think through that, there's, you know, us reading the Bible. And I think there's us praying. I think it's worshiping. I think there's all these things that we do that, you know, cultivate an environment to where we're mm-hmm. seeking after God to truly be men of God. It's not, you know, it doesn't just happen in, in, in an instant where I'm just a man of God or uh, I go to church on Sunday, so I'm a man of God. It's like a daily, I don't want to say daily, because I mean, it's just, it's just your life. You know, it's like, what does your life revolve around? Does it revolve around you wanting to be a better man to serve your family, to serve your wife, to, um, to be a better witness. I think there's so many things like that. And I think a lot of the rooted, the root of it is, uh, humility and vulnerability and authenticity. Yeah, I think it's good. And I think that a lot of people think, you know, to be like a man, you have to be confident. So they uh-huh. try to like muster up all this confidence. But a lot of times when you try to muster up confidence, it can be a false confidence, you know, uh-huh. and it can turn into pride. But really like to be a man of God is to be humble. And to be humble, that actually breeds like true confidence, you uh-huh. know, um, because you're confident in God inside of you and not just your ability or your, um, you know, your manlyhood or whatever it is. So humility really is like the start of, I think, like a growing into a true, confident man of God. And whenever I look at you, I think one thing that you do that's really humble that I think is really good for becoming a man of God is you do get a lot of advice on um, how to do that from men that you admire mm-hmm. and that you see living it out. Like you call Matt Chandler, you call J.P. P- uh, Pakuda, you call uh, Miles, your pastor from ACC, you call your friends, Luke and Parker and all these guys, like mm-hmm. you've surrounded yourself with men who are godly men who you go, I like the way they live their life. In this area, I'm going to call this person because this is the advice I need. Like I've seen for politics, you call JP a lot, you know, for for frustrations, you call Matt a lot. Mm-hmm. For every day being a husband, you call Luke and Parker, you know. Yeah. And so I think that for guys listening, seeing someone who's a mentor in a sense mm-hmm. that you see, you know, they have qualities about them and how they serve the Lord and their family that I want. Pick up the phone and call. Mm-hmm. You're... It's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. 
At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas. Register today at thisisils.org. So good at that. Yeah, that's good. And I think you also have people around you that you know, to some extent, you don't have to call them because they just call it out in you, right? You know, mm-hmm. you're doing life with people uh, every day that are close with you. And it's not like, a, hey, what do you see in me that needs to, you know, whatever. It's you've developed a relationship with them enough to where if you do something, they're going to call it out regardless of if you ask them or not, right? So I think, you know, this all even ties back to what we talked about at the beginning, just surrounding yourself with people that, um, Oh my lord! I just lost my train of thought. Uh, where was I? Where was I going with that? Surround yourself with people. What were we talking about, we talking about at the beginning? They call you out. Yeah, we have. Well, I mean, surround yourself with, with people that call you out and that you know want to champion the things that um, that you're good at, but also are going to tell you the things that you know you need to get better at. It's good. All right. How do you balance work and quality time during marriage? Mm, that's good. I think one thing. That we do, and this may answer the question, may not answer the question. I can let you speak to this one a little bit. Um, but I think we try to spend as much time with each other as we can. Like, I think it's cool that we've, in three and a half years, I, I say zero times, but there might be one or two, but we've, like, we always go to sleep at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I think just every waking hour, we're trying to be conscious of, like, spending time with each other. Mm-hmm. And even if it's not, you know us talking every hour it's us just being together it's yeah you, know, you can be watching your show and i can be just like last night yeah i was just watching youtube and you were just watching your show but we we're just and together. then i was like okay i'm gonna go take a bath and you're like oh i was like what <laughs> did you want me to say who <laughs> we weren't watching the we same weren't show. even like yeah we're communicating we were just in each other's presence but i did stay because that was very sweet. But yeah, I think like intentionality is a big thing. Like being intentional about making that time. Like Christian and I do go to bed at the same time every night. And that's just like something we we do. And it's a sweet thing for us. It's like intentionally like we care about going to bed at the same time. And um, even if you're not talking, like it doesn't mean like, mm-hmm. oh, we get in bed and we have these long conversations. It's just sweet. That's like an intentional thing. And then also like we'll look at our calendar the day before and see if we can go to lunch together, um, which we do often. Mm -hmm. So we have like a lot of little lunch dates and different things, which that's really sweet, especially when you become parents because it can be hard to, you know, have like just quality time with you two, especially when you work because when you come home, you're like fully, you know, involved with your kid and then they go to bed and you're tired and all Mm -hmm. the things. But lunch is like a great time because – I'm working a lot, Christian's working, and um, you're coaching the baseball team, so you're gone in the afternoons, and we just kind of have different schedules, but our lunches normally pan out to be the same, and so I think that if you look at your schedule ahead of time, that intentionality, because if you don't look at it ahead of time, it's not going to happen. Yeah, and one thing that I do that Sadie does not do, um, this kind of just doesn't really answer the question, I just kind of have this thought, and oh, I, just, no. I just felt like I would share it. Um, if I'm on the phone with someone and Sadie calls me, like 99% of the time I click over to answer Sadie. <laughs> and I would say 99% of the time Sadie does not click over. No, 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 no. 
we had this conversation. 50%. We had this conversation because you were bothered that I did not hang up the phone to answer your calls. Yes, it did but then, me. But then I said, but babe, a lot of times I'm on work calls and I can't just say, sorry, Christian's calling me because 99% of the time you're calling me to be okay. like, uh, what do you uh, want from Chick-fil-A or that something that you could have so texted me, true. that you could have texted me. So not true. But here's the thing. But I told you, that does not mean that I value you less than who I'm on the phone with because I don't answer. It's just because I like can't just hang up. Huh? So we had this talk and then remember, you not said true. you understood and then you said, okay, well, if it's a work call, I understand, but just text me and say, can't answer right now. Thank so you. how much better have I gotten at that? You've gotten a lot better. How many times have you hung up on your mom to answer my call? Well, also, Thank that you. is, but me and my mom are talking about serious things, and a lot of times we're talking about work. You, If you think I'd call you to ask you what you want for Chick-fil-A. You would. That is, uh, you just made that up on the spot. You would, though. You are lying. You would, though. I would, Okay. <laughs> Hey, I love that you call me. I Thank love you. to answer your calls. I was just saying, like, that wasn't super practical for me to always have to hang up an answer. But we made, we, we compromised. We did. We did compromise. This is leading us into the next question very well. What's the hardest thing for you guys to talk about with each other? How do you handle it? Ooh, that's good. I, I can go first okay. if you want me to. I was going to say, I think the hardest thing for us to talk about with each other is anything that's hard because I was, because like, we're gen like generally really good. Like our relationship is really steady and good and we don't have a lot of conflict. And um, we, I mean, we've had conflict in the past, but like we don't bicker argue a lot. Like I feel like we really respect each other and we care about each other's feelings a lot. We don't want to hurt each other's feelings. And mm -hmm. so like when something comes up that I know is going to be a hard conversation, it's hard for me to like want to bring it up because I don't want us to fight, but I know we will. Like, and I don't want us to like be mad at each other, but I know we will. And like, sometimes that's necessary, you know, like sometimes things come up where you're just gonna have to have a hard conversation that might lead into an argument, but like you have to argue it out to get to a point where you both agree or at a good place. And I've realized like, if I don't bring those things up, they're going to come up anyways. They're going to linger. They're going to bother me more. And, you know, my roommates used to have that rule, like a 24-hour rule. If mm -hmm. something bothers you, like say it in 24 hours. And if you don't say it in 24 hours, then like you have to let it go because if you let it linger, it always gets worse. And so I'm like learning to be better at that. But it can be hard for me to want to bring up hard things because I just know – how we both get and we both get defensive and we both get mm -hmm. all this way. So I think like one thing we are working on is how we lead in those conversations and like try to be as respectful as possible. Like, Hey, like I need to talk about this. I know this is not like a fun thing to talk about. Like, I love you. I respect you, but this is something that has to change. This is something that we have to talk about. Um, but those things can be really hard mm -hmm. because you don't want to change the mood but sometimes it's necessary. Yeah, no, I think that's what I was going to say. Um, or at least something very close to that. Um, yeah, I think we both can be very defensive, especially like when things are good. And, you know, whether it's something like petty or actually something big that we need to talk about, I think that oftentimes our first reaction to that can be defensive. And then it's just like, then we're just like mad. Um, Yes, I would agree with that. I think we yeah, we are 
definitely working towards that. Or f- yeah. yeah, working. We need to get better at doing good in the hard times, like in like the hard conversations. Like, and we're both like this too. This is kind of relating to sports because Christian and I both are like really big sports people, and like we are athletic. We love to play sports. We're competitive. And I always say to him, because we, this is not to sound like whatever, but it, amongst our group, we win a lot. You know, like, I'm not saying, hey, if we went out there with some of y'all, we'd get beat. But you don't have to be humble. Hey, I'm just saying. But we do win a lot because we both care. We're both competitive. We're both athletic. So we win a lot. And like, we're always happy when we win, you know? But like, when we've lost, we both do not handle it well at all. And, I've like, told him, like, I do not want to be that couple that's, like, we're so fun when we win, but we're not fun when we lose. In the same way in marriage. Which is, which is very rare. In the same way <laughs> in marriage, it's, like, you know, we don't want to just be fun and good people, like, nice and all this stuff and pleasant to be around when we're winning. Like, we want to carry that same, at least, like, respect for each other and we don't have to be so sore losers, you know, whenever we have like hard moments in marriage. So that that's good for us. I've gotten better at being a sore loser in games. Have you? Card games. The other night in Nerds, that was that was only like a week or two ago. No, that was at Easter. I said, here's what I said. This is verbatim. <laughs> Forgive the potential language. I said, I can either lose it's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas, Register today at thisisils.org. Wait, what did I say? Oh, I'm drawing a blank on my own. So you can be funny. I said I can be funny and lose, or I can win and be a douche. And I said I'd rather you be funny and lose. You did say that. Yeah. And I did. I lost, and I was hilarious. Because when Christian's like way down in the game then he's just like funny because then he doesn't want to take it seriously so then it's just fun and he's being hilarious but if he has like potential to win or winning then it's like just it can be a lot it can be a lot yeah I can be intimidating (laughs) intimidating I'm just just very intense yeah very intense so in the same way in our marriage we can work on that that's true okay Christian what advice would you give to a man in his early 20s you are you're almost in your mid twenties. You're about oh, to be twenty five. I am. But go back to the to the early days. Go back. Well, five was, years ago. Well, I was gonna say well, I, I was in COVID in my early twenties. Well, how okay when you were twenty though, you would have been. I can't. I can't keep up. We, we, I was we twenty. Met? No. Well, I don't. I was twenty one when we got married. So yeah, you were. No. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know all the ages. You were twenty whenever. We met. Yeah. I just turned 20. Yeah. I just turned 20. Uh-huh. Okay. Something like that. Okay. Oh, Lord. What was the question again? What advice did you give okay, to okay, a young 20-year-old? Well, I started thinking about COVID and all that kind of stuff. Um, a man in his early 20s. You know, the early 20s is interesting because it's like, for most people, it's, at least for me, you weren't the case, uh, <laughs> post-college. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, I was just saying from from my experience, like I was 
I was super young. I think I was 21 when I graduated. Maybe I was 20. I was I was super young. Um, not because I finished school early, because I put my parents put me in school way too young. Shout out mom and dad. Um, you were 21. Okay, thank you for. I'm helping for you. Me. Thank you. Okay. Advice early 20s. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all got to edit this. No, no, keep this because this is just relatable to people. Uh, I keep just honestly having brain farts. <laughs> you do. Um, I know it's distracting having me standing here with my new true, haircut. Sure. And you are farted. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. Oh my God. I'm kidding. Okay. Seriously. Um, it is that time period of post college. And, um, you know, for me, it was a different season because COVID had just hit and we moved back here. Um, so it really wasn't like graduation and then moving somewhere to, to a new job and still being single and, and all those things. But, you know, most a lot of my friends were in that season of moving. Uh, a lot of them moved to Atlanta. Some moved to Birmingham. Some moved uh, down to the beach and some were in relationships. Some weren't. Um, but I think just keeping uh, a community, so wherever that is, um, I know that sounds super cliche and we've talked about that a lot already on the podcast. Um, but I think just wherever you move to, wherever season of life you're, maybe you're in your early twenties and you're, I have a ton of friends who stayed back in, in the same college town that, that we were from in college. And I think you just have to keep surrounding yourself with those people. Cause it's just <clears throat> your early twenties, you know, you're meeting new people. You might be in a relationship. You might be dating someone. And I think, um, you know, letting the Lord wean off a lot of stuff that um you'd been struggling with. So for me, I started with pornography like growing up. And then thankfully, before my early 20s, um, I'd gotten freed from a lot of that stuff. But I know plenty of people in their early 20s that still struggle with that. So I think, you know, taking that time seriously before yeah. you meet somebody, before you get married. Deal with your stuff. Dealing with you know? your stuff. And making you the best version of you. And I think that like, a lot of people in their early 20s, they are not thinking about their future. They're thinking mm -hmm. about themselves. And like we even are like, these are our years. Like this is like our time. But if you're a person of faith, like where in the Bible does it say like, oh, and then this is like your years that yeah. you get to just waste your life, waste your days, not think about things with intention, not pursue the right things. Like never, you know, there's not like an age limit to the um, wisdom and guidance that the word gives us. And I think it's really cool because you and a lot of your friends started pursuing um, and like pursuing what you wanted your future to be, you mm -hmm. know, in a sense, like making intentional decisions to weed out the crap, you know, in your mm -hmm. life. And the same for me. I'm not just putting this on Christian. I have the mm -hmm. same things I need to weed out in my life, um, just sinful things, things that just weren't important, things I was just living for me in, just selfish living. And I'm so glad I did because now we're 20 four and 25 and we have a baby and one on the way and um i wouldn't change anything about our life like mm -hmm. the day we we're going to put honey to bed and christian said this is the best decision we ever made to have her mm -hmm. you know um and i think that you know sometimes it could be hard to think about when you're young like oh well if i get married then i'll be tied down or if i have a baby then i'll be tied down i'm not saying everybody needs to go get married and have a baby that's not everybody's story especially when you're young but i do think like 
there is something to not allowing those young years to just be selfish years, Mm -hmm. but to be intentional years, working towards your future, whether that's your future spouse, your future children, or your future job, your future you just being a healthy person, your future you being a whole person, um, you not struggling with pornography, you Mm -hmm. actually having good mental health, you know, you having... Um, a great community of people, you being plugged into a church, like making decisions towards those things that ultimately you want. And a lot of times like we have vision for that, mm-hmm. but we don't actually put forth the work to get to the vision and foresee it. And I think you did a great job with that. Thank you. Yeah, that's good. And it's, yeah, like you said, it's not like a self-help, like yeah. go clean yourself up. It's like, no, just kind of get your crap together. It's good. Okay, I'm like embarrassed to ask this question, but I'm because it because it's gonna call me out. But I'm doing it for the sake of, like I said earlier, sometimes you share the worst of you to bring out the best of people. Okay. And I think that this was a really significant moment in our relationship, uh, specifically for you as a man leading, that I'm embarrassed by. And I'll, I'll see if you remember it. But someone asked if she. Well, I guess it's my question. If she can pinpoint one moment of when she knew you were going to love her and pursue her with purity. Can you think of what I'm about to say? Can I think of what you're about to say? Like, do you know what I'm about to say? No, I don't. Okay, so I am embarrassed about this because this is kind of exposing me not, um, not, uh, I guess, leading us well in our relationship, but it shows you really leading us well. And so there was this night, and this is when I knew. This is when I knew I loved you. This is when I knew you were pursuing my purity. This is when I knew, like, we were going to get married. Like, this was, like, a big moment for me. So Christian and I, we were months into our relationship. We actually hadn't told each other I love you yet. We told each other the next day. And we were having, like, a really, really deep conversation. Like, really deep. And we were sharing, like, all of this really personal stuff about our life like just everything we walked through he was sharing with me like a lot of things he walked through I was sharing with him a lot of things I walked through things we were ashamed of we both had a lot of tears that night and we were with his family kind of like on vacation um at the beach and so you know we're all staying in one house and Christian and I were up on like the balcony and we ended up staying up really really late which I don't like recommend in relationships staying up super super late together Um, and we didn't really intend to do that we just were like talking and hours just flew by like it was probably three in the morning or something and a lot of times whenever you have like an intimate moment I mean you guys probably know this with like in like it was intimate just through like emotionally intimate Mm -hmm. sometimes that can like lead to being physically intimate Mm -hmm. so we have this like really deep talk it's really late and we start kissing and i don't know if you remember this but i got on top of you and this is why i'm embarrassed because i got on top of you and you like stopped me you're like whoa like we can't do that like that is gonna have to be a no-no because that's like that's just not gonna lead to good things and I was embarrassed because I was embarrassed that I did that, but I also felt so respected at the same time. And like, I was like, wow, like, thank you for saying that, you know, because you're right. This is probably not going to lead to a good thing. And like, you're setting a boundary for yourself mm-hmm. as a man, because you know, if this, if I get on top of you, you know, that can lead to da 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 and where that leads your mind and where that leads us. And it's just not going to go to a good place. And I knew that I was like, okay, he is serious about purity. He's serious about respecting me. 
and he's serious about this relationship. And then um, got off, obviously, and it was fine. <laughs> and we moved on. We moved forward. It wasn't even like that awkward as it could have been because you did it really. I don't think we ever talked. You didn't about like that. embarrass. Like you didn't embarrass me. I was embarrassed that I did that, but you didn't like embarrass me with how you handled it. It was like so respectful. Yeah. And um, anyways, I knew that I was like. I felt so loved. I was like, I love this person. And then the next day, uh, we told each other we loved each That's other. True. The next day. And I knew I was going to marry you. And so it was. And here we are, married. Then that I really knew you're serious about pursuing me with purity. That was, a, that, was a, that was a great story. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. A little bit, a little bit um, vulnerable, but I'm glad I shared it. Vulnerable. 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 Um, so, Christian, you. this Is that all of them? That was all the questions, but I'll wrap it up like this. Okay. I know you have. One more podcast coming after this to kind of end your season. Mm-hmm. But you've had a whole season of podcasts with your friends on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you talk about community a lot. You talk about finding community a lot. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people out there, they desire that. They want that. Um, but it really is hard to find. For someone who's sitting there and they're like, been listening to your podcast or learning a lot from your friends how can they be the person that initiates the things that you've been talking about that makes sense that's, that's good um <clears throat> well so for me i think a lot of times like things that i talk about in the podcast are you know i always want to be someone who like practices what i quote unquote like preach so if i talk about community um i'm a big proponent of taking initiative and stuff like i love being the one to initiate phone calls with my friends um i think a lot of times i don't like you know i'm not like oh people haven't reached out to me like i'm just taking the initiative to do it so i think if you're sitting here or if you're sitting you know maybe wherever you are listening i think and 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 you desire community and maybe you don't have that um you know, I think a lot of it just looks like taking initiative, whatever that looks like, whether that whether that looks like seeking out a mentor or seeking out, um, you know, people in your classrooms or people in your organizations or people in people in church and talking to, uh, you know, people at the church and wondering if there's you know, groups that I can be a part of that are in my early 20s or old friendships from high school and trying to maybe reconcile some of those. I think there's so much stuff that we have control of that we can take initiative in take take initiative in um i think i just said it literally the same way i just said it take (laughs) initiative in and like just pursue that you know i Mm -hmm. think like i love community and because i love community i'm gonna try to do my best to make sure it all stays intact so that looks like me calling my friends a lot of times and just checking in and you know we still i still have the same group message from college with a lot of my friends i still talk to my pastor once a week once every other week from college and um i just since i value it i just make it a priority and i just take initiative in it you know i don't sit around and wait for people to to come talk to me if no one calls me then i'm just gonna call them it's good um but yeah i mean i think i think a a lot of it does just kind of come down to you know us taking initiative Mm -hmm. i know i've just said that a lot but (laughs) Um, well, I think for you, I mean, just something that I see in you is what you desire you work towards, you know, mm -hmm. and I think that's the biggest thing, you know, if you desire these things, you desire community work towards 
work towards creating it, work towards keeping it. If you desire um, a relationship with a mentor, work towards that relationship. Call them, go to coffee with them, make time for them. If you desire time with your wife, um, look at the calendar the night before. See how you can. Make sure you go to bed at the same time. Ask them to sit by you even if y'all aren't watching the same thing. Play a game Mm -hmm. together. Um, If you desire the Lord, pursue the Lord, work towards it. And so don't just be a person who has all these dreams but no execution. Like if you're going to be a dreamer, be a doer too and get it done and you do a good job at that. That's good. Well, thank you for joining me on the podcast and and, uh, helping me answer my own questions while also being my interviewer. And you're also the hottest interviewer I've ever had on the podcast. Dang. Better be. I love you. Love you too. Thank you for joining. I hope you enjoy that. We have one more episode coming out next Friday and it'll uh, conclude our season three. So hope you enjoyed uh, this season of just intimate conversations with people that I do life with. And, uh, just know that we're in it with you and uh yeah we love y'all and we're here for everybody oh my gosh that was a funny ending but hey listen for real christian and i love the four Man podcast we love doing it i love him doing it so leave a review if you're loving it too also uh sending him dms on four men about things that y'all want to hear about topics you want to hear about people you want to hear from is so helpful as he continues on uh this podcast this ministry it's a lot it's almost easier to rally girls. I, I, you know, do girls yep. ministry. It's a little bit harder to rally guys, but I know this is so needed for men out there. And so share it with a friend, let people know about it and um, be a part of the 48 men community. You helped my intro and you saved my outro. I did.